This is The Business Machine. We talk with small business owners and entrepreneurs to get their advice on how they run their machines. These inspirational leaders share with us some of the tools they use to run their machines and talk about some of the mistakes they made along the way and what they learned. As business owners, we're all trying to fuel our machines, create a great team and put tools in place so that eventually our machines will run themselves. So get ready. Up next, the business machine is firing up. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Business Machine. Again, I'm excited, as usual, as you know, to have a wonderful guest on our show today. And today we have Carolyn Soldo, who is a well-respected business coach specializing in helping passion-driven women bring their skills to the world and launch thriving online coaching businesses with international reach, make an impact, and create free and abundant lives. She's built a seven-figure business while maintaining a healthy work-life balance, which you know I like to talk about, because she's so dedicated to being fully present with her two young boys. Carolyn, thank you so much for being on our show, and welcome. Thank you, Brian, for having me. How's it going in New York today? It's cold and freezing. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like it is in Michigan, so we're getting there. A couple more months of the, <laughs> of, the, of the weather. It rained all day today. It was weird, really weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have to get through it. <laughs> So, Carolyn, tell me a little bit. You, you know, I want to get into your background. I want to get into the history. I think you have a fascinating story. But let's just start from the very beginning a, a little bit. And an easy question is somebody comes up to you in New York in a coffee shop. You're waiting in line. They say, hey, what do you do? What do you tell them? Mm-hmm. I always say I work with purpose-driven women. And I help them create a really free and abundant life. And I do that by helping them build a thriving business. And that is a coaching business specifically so that they can do the work they love to do from anywhere in the world. So it's it's business coaching, but I go beyond that. My mission in my business is really helping women, um, you know, create the life of their dreams and empower them, and give them the tools to do that. So when you're, you know, I'm looking at your website and and people sign up. Are, are these going to be tip? I know it's going to be all over the place, but are they typically people that, you know, women that maybe already have a coaching business and they're like, you know what, this is not going really good or they're just not satisfied in what they're currently doing. And is, and do you really try to go and maybe even getting some women that like, you know what, I'm not good at anything. I don't know what I would teach or coach. Talk a little bit about how they come in and, and the different types of women that you see. Mm-hmm. So we service, I would say three, three levels or three types of women. The first type is the woman who, has had either work experience, a certification in coaching, or some tremendous life experience that turned them into an expert at something. May it be health, may it be parenting, a career transformation, business, love, relationships, whatever coaching field you want to look at. But they have, they know they have a skill and they know they can monetize that and they have a big uh, mission and they want to make an impact in the world. So we help these women package their passions and literally bring them to life and create a business and, and, and you know create a freedom-based lifestyle. Those women come in and then there's another um, type of woman that comes in and she already has a coaching business, but right. it's it's struggling, it's not going well. They're missing, again, they're, they're experts in what they do, but they're missing the business background. So we teach them marketing and packaging and um, sales and branding and positioning and messaging and everything that goes into a successful business. But we also work with coaches who are already very established, and that's sort of a new direction we're taking where we have launched a new track in our business that is for coaches who are already, you know, earning 10, 20,000 a month. So they have programs, they have clients, they've had some success, but their issue 
is that they have no work-life balance yeah. and they cannot scale. Right. They get a certain income level and they don't know how to get beyond that without literally killing themselves in their business. Yeah, and that's a challenge, I think, you know, any size business. That was one of my biggest challenges, not even the work-life balance, but kind of having that feeling that, you know, when I was at home, um, we do have a separate office, but when I was at home, I have an office there too. And if I wasn't working, I felt like I was doing a disservice to the company mm-hmm. because it's my company. And I, I figured if I'm not working, I'm losing money. It took me a while to get over that. And as I'm reading through your Instagram page too, I'm seeing a lot of questions. We talked a little bit about this or a lot of quotes that talk about, you know, life isn't one example. Life isn't about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. And isn't it time you stop being invisible? And you and I were talking about what I think every entrepreneur and every business owner might have is this sort of imposter syndrome, like who, even when you're doing really good. And I do this, we were, I was talking to you earlier that, you know, things are going pretty good here at our company, but every once in a while I'm like, Ugh, who am I to run this successful company? Is that a problem? And how do we, how do you help coach your women entrepreneurs to get out of that feeling? Cause I think it's an easy place to get to. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, and I have to preface that there is a catch, right? The imposter syndrome happens when somebody literally does not know how to serve. There, there really is no skill. And I see some people out there who are wanting to create a free life and they want the business and they say, oh, marketing is where it's at. Or I want to be a coach. I want to make this money, but I don't have a skill. So the one thing that I can't do and you can't do either, Brian, is turn your clients into someone who has valuable services to offer. Right. That expertise has to come from them. But if they do have that, you know, I always say to them, look at the lifetime value of your services and what your clients can really have. It's not the hours. It's not the workbooks. It's not the Facebook ads or the social media campaign. It's really the impact you're making on maybe the longevity of their life, how much joy they have, how much money they save in you know health expenses or the relationship that doesn't go into a divorce. It really is, you know, we have, there's a ripple effect that we have on people's lives. So once you understand how big your impact actually is and how far reaching it is, you'll see the true value that you bring to your clients. And the other thing that I always tell them is it's not about you. It's not about how you look, how good you are, or how, how you know how great your programs even are. It's about serving the world. And and my clients specifically, they come to me and they say, Yes, I want a great life, yes, I want you know money and stuff, but what I really want to do is wake up every single day knowing that my work is appreciated and that my work makes someone else's life better. And when you come from a place of service like that, you can't you, you have to shout it from the rooftops. It's so important and it's about, right, it's about the impact that you're making and that I think frees them to say, hey, guess what? I am the expert right? and I, I am pretty good at what I do. So let's talk a little bit about that because there's a balance and I know you're going to talk about this too, but there's lots of things that we want to be able to provide as a company here and, and you know, I wanted to have a great place for great people to, to um, work at for the rest of our lives. We're opening up a employer paid daycare for our two women leaders here at Michigan Creative. But a lot of the, a lot of the which is great and unique, but it, it takes money <laughs> to do all these great things. So how do you balance? Because I guess what I'm trying to get at is we can all say that we want to be able to make an impact and we want to be able to do this. And I think it's good. But we also have to have sales because sales drive our business and sales allow us to do good and great things. How do we do 
both? Or how do we keep in our mind focused to go, yes, this is great, but that's not going to always bring money in the door. Do you see what I'm getting at? Yeah, well, no, money money is first. Like, you know, it's not really even being selfish. You need money to impact more people. Right. You know, you need money to reinvest in your business, to offer a daycare, which is tremendous. I love that idea. Yeah, so cool. I'm so excited. We, the baby, we had first day is today. So our Aww. lead graphic designer is here, and we, I, I hired a... Uh, um, a nanny to come in and, and watch one of the babies why they why uh, Jen works. It's great. I love it. It's so exciting. You know, I believe Brian. I feel like when when people see that you're pouring into them, you're paying them well, you're creating a really great culture. You, it's a team. You're transparent with them. You know, you're asking for their feedback, you're holding them accountable. When you're a great boss and a great place to work at, they will give you more. Right. They will do more, they will work more, they will chip in, you know, they will take initiative. They will think more like an entrepreneur themselves, mm-hmm. which will make you more money in the end. So right. I I pour into my people, I pay them really well. You know, I, I, even my sales team, I share the entire business vision with them. My copywriter knows my balance sheet. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that before and that's a great model. I, I really like that about you. Yeah, it, it really works. So let's talk about your story because I'm fascinated by it. And, and it's very timely, I think, in a sense, because at 19, you immigrated from Germany um, to the United States. And, and English was not your first language and maybe not even your second language <laughs> too well. And, and you came here to with somebody or for somebody who was also a refugee. So now yeah. here you are. <laughs> And I don't want to say, you know, I don't want to say, well, if, you know, gosh, if she can do it, then you guys can too. But it, it's pretty amazing what you've built in, in such a short period of time. Talk about that. Yeah. Was that scary? Yeah. It was, it was super scary. And, you know, I was raised in an environment, Brian, that wasn't very um, favorable to me. So the way I was brought up and, you know, what my parents did turned me into a rebel. So I was a little bit of a rebel growing up. And that's why. I took the step and I actually left my home country and I came to the US. I followed this guy. I had met him in Germany. He was a refugee. My mom said, you have no clue how to make money. You have no clue what this guy is going to do. You have no idea. But I said, guess what? I love him. I want to be with him and see you later. Oh boy. I can can see that conversation. Yeah. they didn't talk to me for a good six months. Oh, no. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was always just sort of really uh, – challenges are very exciting to me. And purpose is very important to me. And I'm so sort of, you know, very intuitive. And when something feels good, I do it. Um, so, yeah, I met Boris in, in Germany. He's a refugee from uh, Croatia or Bosnia. So when the war was going on in the 90s, mm-hmm. his family literally fled you know, the war, his, his city was bombed, his house is, you know, flat, there's nothing left. So they came to Germany, learned the language, got jobs, he got um, an, ed- an education there. And then I met him, I actually went to school with his cousins, um, who are twin girls. And he was the big cousin, he was driving us around, we were going to clubs with him. So, I, you know, we dated for a while, and then his visa expired. Oh. So Germany said, you can either go back, or you can go somewhere else. So they immigrated with the Catholic Charities, came to the U.S., again, not speaking the language at all. His parents sort of got jobs in, in a factory in, in things that, you know, but they didn't have to speak the language very much. Um, Boris was able to get um, a graduate degree, so he's an engineer as well. But in the beginning, it was him. He had a machining job, you know, working for, I don't know, $10, 12 an hour. 
when I got here, I actually had a green card, didn't even have a work visa, so I had to take a job on campus. And I was a telemarketer. <laughs> Those to, ones that we hang up on, or yeah, the ones that you hang up on. Yeah. <laughs> so imagine me with my, you know, really heavy German accent oh, calling sure. for money. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Made you know minimum wage, like six, seven dollars back then, and but it was enough. We didn't need much. We had a little apartment, Great. you know, month to month, and we were really, really happy. Um, I, so he went, he was working, I, um, started school. So I, I paid my way, um, through school, got a master's degree in marketing hmm. and then started to climb the corporate ladder in the financial services industry, um, while he was still working in, in his machining job. And then in 2006, I don't know what he did, but it was on a weekend. All of a sudden he said, what if he started a company? Oh man. And I said, what are you talking about? We don't <laughs> yeah, no. Wow, right? What are we going to sell? I have no clue what to do. He said, I've been watching my boss and I've been looking at how he runs his business and I can do it better. Really? Yeah. So we literally, and it was so funny, my master's degree required me to write a business plan. So I wrote a business plan on Saltec, which is this, which is the company today. Right. And um, we wrote this in our little one, you know, one bedroom apartment in our kitchen and, you know, made some graphs and charts and projected some stuff. And it was serious, yeah, but yeah. We, we didn't know where it was going to go. And we went to a bank, um, a local bank here and applied for a loan. And that was around $350,000. And we needed that for machinery because the machinery is super expensive sure. for what he does. Yeah. And we got approved. Wow. So it was him. We were in a little manufacturing um, incubator in, in, in a little space that was sponsored by the SBA, the Small Business yep. Administration in Buffalo. He got his machine. He was able to steal one of the other employees from his old employer. So he came over. Not steal, hire. Hire. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah steal. Good. Um, and, and I was working, you know, in my marketing job, I came to the office at night, I did his bookkeeping, I did his marketing, I helped him with pretty much anything except the machining part. And we grew the business. And wow. that was it. In, it was hard in the beginning, we were just living off of my paycheck until he started to get some money in the door and some clients. Um, and, and so his business grew and, and I just sort of I was happy for him. But for me, I, there wasn't anything that was really exciting for me, you know, and and I knew the corporate world wasn't for me. I was in this black, you know, suit every day and lots of politics and, and, you know, working on projects and the projects are taking away and lots of commuting and no time. And it really, it all came to a point when we had our kids. So we had Anthony first, then we had Mateo. Um, and when Mateo was born after that, I also was in a really bad health um, situation. I was extremely obese, mm. 230 pounds, um, you know, in a really bad shape health-wise, mindset-wise. I think I had postpartum depression and sure. things just uh, were really bad for me at that point. Um, Caesar wants to talk. So yes. Hi, Caesar. We'll talk to you <laughs> next. Just be patient. Um, but that's when my health really started to go south and I said, I have to change something. And that was the beginning of my health transformation. I lost over a year. It was about 80 pounds. I went into some pretty intense um, health stuff. Eventually, I competed. Um, I did some bodybuilding competitions. I went to the extreme. Again, the rebel in me came out. Um, You know, really wanted to see how far I could go with it. Um, 
and that's how my health coaching business was born. Wow. Now that's a story. I didn't, I knew a little bit about the factory, but you know, that's one of the things that I think it's great about, you know, we, we see a lot of people of great success like you. And it's funny too, because you, you know, I could picture you in that black suit and, and in corporate versus yeah. the video that's on your homepage now where there's sunshine and everything's great. And I can definitely tell that you're in a place where you should be, but how, you know, health is, is such an important uh, piece of running a small business. If you're not healthy, if you're not exercising and eating right, and you don't have to be crazy about it, but is that a piece of your coaching? I mean, is that, do you bring that in when you're talking to some of these female entrepreneurs and say, look, you've, you've got to do these things for you. Otherwise you're never going to run a successful business. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not what they want to hear, Brian. In the I'm beginning, sure. it's like, show me the money. You know, how do I make money? How do I get clients? Right. But over time they do need um, they don't need, they need balance. They need self-care practices. And more than anything, they need mindset, mindset skills. They need a ritual they can do every single day that gets their mind in a really good space. Yep. That keeps them happy, excited, grateful, and able to take on this, 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 you know, the challenges that are in front of them. Um, so yeah, it's a big part. Hey everybody, this week's episode is also sponsored by Freshwater Apparel. Check out freshwaterapparel.com, that's freshwaterapparel.com, and check out their spring collection of t-shirts, and soon beanies are going to be on the way. We love these guys over at Freshwater. It's a Midwest clothing company, and they make all their products in Lansing, Michigan, and the shirts are 100% made in America. So you can't beat that. So if you love fresh water like we do here at Michigan Creative, you should definitely check out their site. Lots more coming, but right now they have t-shirts and tanks for both men and women. Like I said before, beanies are coming, stickers, all that stuff. So check out freshwaterapparel.com and get fresh. Back to the show. So we talked a little bit about how you started and I love that story. I could listen to that more, but let's figure Let's look out and, and see where you think you're going to be and, and where do you think your coaching business or where do you see if you could fly through your work and your business? What do you want to be doing in 10 years, you think? I know it's a it's a lifetime away, but I like looking out and, and projecting. Somebody told me that you, know, you need to start thinking like that $6 million business or that $10 million business and start projecting and thinking about where you could be. So I like looking out 10 years. Where is Carolyn in 10 years? I, well, in the grand scheme of things, Brian, I see myself independent. I pay a lot of attention to where my money goes. And so I do make a lot of money, but I also want to invest the money wisely. So having investments that actually support me eventually fully, that is one of my big goals. You know, I'm talking about real estate, talking about, you know, mutual funds and stocks and portfolios and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. That's something I really want to do. So I have, I literally create financial freedom for myself. For my business, though, um, I see an organization of coaches. I, I see coaches working for me and with me and, and helping more and more clients and women all over the world and maybe even helping women that don't have the, the funds, don't have the means right? right that can um, invest. So being more charitable in the future, um, employing more people and having more people be part of my mission, too. So it's all about really empowerment. And, and helping, you know, really showing women that there is a way for them to live purposefully. They don't have to change who they are. They can make money with the skills that they already have. Now, 
Karen, let me put you on the spot a little bit, but it seems like here in 2017, we don't need to, we, we wouldn't need to say that, or, or we wouldn't need to have a program that does that. Is there still a need? Um, and there obviously is, but how, why is there such a need for this? Why do you think that, you know, there's these women out there that don't think that they can do what you did, quit your job and, and start their own company and are probably feeling like you did at that one point too, like just not satisfied in what they're doing um, and just kind of going by day to day. But boy, taking that leap, like you took that leap is not just, it's not black and white for a lot of people. No, I, and you're right. There are tons and tons of possibilities, but you know what? Our parents were not necessarily entrepreneurs. Our sure. parents were, the, you know, the hard workers, the people who yeah. were in jobs, who had jobs for long tenure, 30, 40, 50 years at Ford, and now they have a, a pension. And, now, and you know what I mean? That was the mentality back then. So that's even how I was raised. Get a good job, sure. get the security, you know, build for your retirement and eventually travel a little bit and enjoy life. <laughs> yeah. That's not it, though. I mean, those kind of jobs don't exist much anymore. No. And even, I think, job security is, is a myth. Yeah, it doesn't even it exist anymore. Right? Well, I think a lot of people woke up to that thinking that here they are, and then you know the, the recession hit, and it, yeah. it disappeared. That's so it. we're careful. I think we're still careful today in being a business owner. You know, I was an educator for 13 years before I started my company, and I didn't, you know, never thought about the economy, really, and never thought about you know, what if something fails, but now it's like, boy, you know, we really got to ramp up and we really got to be conservative with our, with our money here at our business to make sure that if something does slow down, we're prepared. Yeah. You got to have a plan B. Yeah. So I <laughs> and think, C and D. And C and D. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. We can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I think it all comes down to mindset. Yeah. Even though we have the technology and everything's growing, people are still stuck in their own mindset. True. Yep. I, yep. I'm, I'm definitely that at sometimes, not all the time. So Carolyn, we talk about great things and things that we can do and your story is amazing, but let's talk about mistakes because, you know, I talked to people and we were talking about this off air a little bit about the mistakes that we made along the way. And I look back five years ago and I might've done things differently, I think, but there were some mistakes that we made that we really learned some good lessons from. And, and looking back, I don't know if I would have changed anything. So what was your biggest mistake? I think in building your business or before that, or that you've made, you tell somebody, Hey, don't, don't do this. Mm -hmm. Well, when I started my business, and I think that's what a lot of entrepreneurs do, I, I was tied to my desk, and I did it all alone, and yeah. I did it cheaply. I cheaped out on advertising. I cheaped out on branding. I mean, everything, I was looking for the best deal instead of the best quality that I could get, right? So, um, and it was all me. I was the accountant and the driver and the cleaner in my house and the cook and the salesperson, I mean, everything, it's all on your shoulders sure. because you think you don't have the money to hire someone and you also think nobody can do it as well as you can. Yeah, that's an issue with a lot of entrepreneurs. Yeah, so that was me and and, and that was me for a year and a half and I still, at that point, I even still had my corporate job. So I was running the business, <laughs> was in a corporate job with the two little boys and then there was Boris and his business and his personal needs and, and the marriage, right? Sure, that's, oh yeah, that thing, yeah. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> that seems, yeah. Right. It's like our spouse is like, oh, yeah. Like we talk about our kids and we had our business. We got to run this. And then, yeah, we got we to gotta remember our spouses too. Yeah. So it was it was overload. I, I thought I was superwoman. And, and really it was fear. It was fear that was holding me back. And that was really the first time that I was afraid um, to really go all in and to let go of some of the things that weren't serving me, let go of the corporate job. Let go of the doing it all myself mentality and invest yeah. some money. So that was a big mistake. It cost me a lot of time, stress, 
trouble in my relationship and, and really money in the end too. Yeah. And I do that too. And I'm better at it than I was even a month ago is, is I would get, there'd be things that I have to do or my list would build up and there's things that I wouldn't want to do. Like I love bringing clients in and getting sales in, but then when it comes to the work and the steps it takes to complete the work, it's not my thing. I'm that's not my personality. Um, but I always felt like I could do this. I don't want to bother my staff with this, but then I would just wait and I'd be nervous about it. So now what I've been able to do is on Sundays is kind of get those things off my list, task them out to somebody else on my team. And it takes me literally like an hour to two hours to do that. And it saves me, I don't even know, a week because my team, that's what they do best. They, you know, we put those people in place for the reasons that they're there and they're task oriented. Um, and it, it just, I don't know. I think we always, I, I don't think it's that I don't it's not that I don't think that they can do as good as me. I just, I have this feeling like, ah, I should probably do it. You know, I don't want to feel lazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel that too. Mm -hmm. So what do you have to work on personally? I know as a coach, since you're teaching other female entrepreneurs and business owners, everything you do and you have is absolutely perfect and on, on board and step by step. So <laughs> you have, you have no faults, but what are some things that you know you have to work on daily? Well, what I work on daily is not overgiving to my clients, Brian. I have a really big, for some reason, need to satisfy people and to make my clients feel like they're getting 100% of me and that I'm always there. So yeah. in the past and even today, I find myself messaging them late at night. I respond on the weekends and I go in and out of you know, setting boundaries and then going back to really overgiving. Um, and, and, and I know it doesn't serve the client either because I want to teach them how to set boundaries and I want to teach them how to have the balance. So literally living the balance for them as a role model and saying no to them, that has been one of the hardest things for me to do. I bet. Yeah. And you feel like this obligation too, but part of that is setting an example. I think that's good. And I, th I think a lot of business owners have that same, same problem, but we have to be careful because if we don't set boundaries, with our clients, then we start to slip on our work-life balance and our time that we need to focus. And so we're not going to be efficient and eventually it's just not going to work. Yeah, absolutely. So talk about work-life. I, I, I want to know a step, you know, we hear this work-life balance and if we truly love what we do, which is, they're both cliches, right? So, because <laughs> if we truly love what we do, it's still work, you know, it, it, it's still, you have to be away from your family and you still have to work. So whether you love what you're doing or not, it's still, you're not there and present with your, with your children and your family and your spouse. So give me a step. What are, and what do you tell people? Like, how do we do it? How do we cut it off? Especially now that we're always connected. Um, a lot of us, especially with your entrepreneurs probably don't have an office that they can go to necessarily outside of their home, but they may, how do we do it? Yeah. How do we separate it and be present? Because I think it's one thing to not be working, but then that's a whole other thing for us crazy entrepreneurs to be present. Mm -hmm. You know, I actually, I treat my workday the way I used to treat it at work. Like mm -hmm. literally, I have a home office and when I'm in the office, my door is sort of closed and I work. And I'm not sitting in my pajamas right here. I, I'm decently you get dressed. <laughs> good, good, yeah. I get dressed and I literally get ready for work and I have my hours. I start at nine, I, I end at three or four and it depends on what day it is. Sure. Um, so I, I do that and then, you know, as far as communications go, 
I let my clients know what they can expect from me. So in my agreements, it says this is when you can expect the return. This is how long the calls are. Um, you know, this is how many sessions you receive. So I, like I think that. the more, yeah, the more you set the expectation in the beginning, like what happens if you don't show up for the call? What happens? You know, so there's there's consequences for them too. Yeah, just because you missed the call doesn't mean that I'm going to go crazy with my schedule to make that call up. Yeah. Yeah. So having, you know, ex the expectations set in the beginning and communicating them clearly, I think is really, really important to set those boundaries. Um, and then one thing I really like to do is booking vacations. Yep. And it, it may sound sort of easy and, and silly, but you really have to do that. If you have a vacation coming up every three months, three to four months, so travel, you know, three to four times a year, this is something that will refresh you and, and that will just sort of get you away. So my husband and I and the kids, we travel three to four times a year and it's usually like a week or so. So not, you know, anything too long, but it's something to look forward to. It gets us away and we're completely shut off. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I usually don't even take my phone. My assistant knows Carolyn's gone. There's no calls. If all hell breaks loose, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You really have to turn it off. Turn it off completely. Yeah, and I think that's important. I like scheduling too. And somebody had said to me, you know, one of the things that really helped me um, was to put things on the calendar, not just work things. And so my work calendar is shareable across the entire staff when I have to pick up my son or when I have to go work out with him or when I have to be home for my daughter. I put that on the calendar early like in the month. And so nothing gets booked during those times. And then when I have to go, I have to go. Yeah. Um, and even doing that with vacations, I think booking those ahead of time so that you're not waiting until you're exploding to take time off. Yep. yep. Exactly. And you don't have to go anywhere fancy. That was one of the things too, is like, look, just go away <laughs> for a little bit and turn your phone off. It's scary, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. We actually bought a really big RV. It doesn't even really oh, yeah. matter. Cool. But have an RV, right? Yeah. Um, because our boys love it. We have Caesar, which you heard him a little bit before yeah. our talk. He's a big golden doodle. And sometimes we just go for four days. Yeah, we thought about getting an RV. I really like that idea a lot. It's fun. Yeah. For the kids, especially. It's amazing. We used to camp a lot in a tent, but mm -hmm. I'm getting too old for that. <laughs> it's, it's not as fun as it used to be. <laughs> I never thought I'd get there, but I am there. Yeah. So talk a little bit about employees. I know you spoke about this a little bit, but talk about how, you know, because I think as entrepreneurs, no one can be, as business owners, no one can be as passionate as we are about our own business. But what can we do besides paying them really well to make sure that, you know, they believe in the cause, they believe in the mission, that they're there for something greater than a paycheck? Because I think what we forget is you and I both left the corporate world. So we're free <laughs> in a sense. We're more tied down than ever before, but they're not necessarily. It's just the job to them. So how do we, what can we do with and for our employees to keep them and, and make them have the best job? Unlike what we had maybe. Yeah. Well, I think there's two sides to it. I think the, the monetary side is important because yep. that's people are there to make money and they want to make a living. So when it comes to the monetary side, I said that before, I believe in really paying my team well. And I also believe in having a, a pay structure that is that is tied to um, my, my business performance. So people who not necessarily, because 
let me take a step back. I feel that to some degree, they all have an in, they all influence sales. Even my tech person, even my copywriter, even my mindset coach that works with clients. So not all of my employees are paid like that, but I can see that happening very soon over time. Right. So if they have a set monthly you know, salary, um, nobody I have is hourly, they're all salaried. And then on top of that, they have a certain percent that they earn on um, profits that we make wow. every month. Great. And that has been something where they really feel like they're owning the business because when the business makes more, they make more. And they come up with ideas. They say, you know, have you thought about this, Carolyn? And why aren't we sending this email? And, you know, there's an issue over here. You got to go fix that. Like ever since I have that structure, my people are, are actually looking at this in a much more, in a bigger way. They're looking at everything, not just their own little world. So the copywriter is talking about the salespeople. The salespeople are talking about the tech stuff. Sure. And um, you also have a really fun, a really fun culture. So I have meetings with them twice a week we have a sales meeting we have um, a leadership team meeting and like i said i'm transparent with them everybody knows everything that's going on in the business because they're all on this call they're all hearing the numbers they're all hearing the ups and downs the problems the successes that we have you know we crack jokes we have threats on on facebook messenger going all day where we make fun and um so if you really, if you treat them like people, and if you sure. give them the freedom to, the other thing I do is I, I let them go. Like when they, you know, when they say my kid has a tournament, my kid is sick, um, I am sick, I need a a, a manicure, <laughs> whatever it is, I don't care as long as people get their jobs done. Right. So I give them flexibility. So if they feel like it's a family, they they have a say, they're heard. They get freedom. They get paid. They're, you know, incented based on their performance. Um, we hold them accountable too. And when all of that comes together, I feel like that, you know, takes off a majority of the boxes that someone like that is, is looking for, right. that an employee, so to speak, is looking for. Yeah, and I think it allows, like your husband's story is, is he saw that he could do something better, but being at that place, he could never you know, he probably couldn't say that he probably couldn't, you know, I, I think a lot of times we're not frustrated necessarily with the pay of our jobs or even working there. It's just that our voice is not necessarily heard and we don't make a difference to the bigger picture. And I think that if you allow people to make a difference either monetarily or just to be like, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do that. I think that's a huge thing because you don't get those opportunities, especially in larger organizations. Mm -mm, no. Hmm. And you know what else? They have to believe in the product. Sure. They have to believe in you and the product. Correct. Yep. I show them, you know, look at this client just said this. Look at this client just made this money. Look at this client sending cool. a testimonial right now. So they see, oh, what we do actually does change yeah, lives. Right. They believe it. Yeah, you have some great testimonials, video testimonials, which I love. I'm being a big video guy. But you have yeah. some great testimonials from, from people, and I think that's just, you know, it speaks volumes about the program too. But um, if anybody's wondering if it works or if Carolyn's program works, go and watch. There's two testimonials in particular that you should check out um, on the website, I think, are just great. And on Facebook, I think they are. Mm -hmm. Hi, everybody. Brian here real quick. This episode of The Business Machine is sponsored by the one and only Michigan Creative. That's right. Michigan Creative sponsors this Business Machine podcast for now. So if you have other sponsors that would be willing to sponsor our little 
Business Machine Podcast. It's a great resource for business owners across the globe. And this one is sponsored by us here at Michigan Creative. Michigan Creative is a full-service marketing and design firm in Lansing, Michigan. We provide mobile-friendly websites, digital marketing, video production, branding, graphic design, and much, much more. So we'd love to work with you uh, wherever you are, and we really just want to talk to you. So if you want to just talk to us here at Michigan Creative, you can call me. My cell phone is 517-899-4533, or just visit michigancreative.com. All right, back to the show. So let's talk a little bit of some easier questions, and and let's talk about quotes. You're, you seem to be a big quote person. I am too. I used to pass quotes out all the time. And we have some around the office. What's your favorite quote? It's a really long one, actually. Okay. And um, it's by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. He's a German philosopher. And, you know, he's been writing a lot of books and he has quotes and he's, you probably know him. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, yeah, read it. Okay. Um, let's hope I don't say it the wrong way. But <laughs> it goes, until one is committed, there is hesitancy. The chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there's one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans, that the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. All sorts of things occur to help one that would never otherwise have occurred. The whole stream of events issues from the decision raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents, meetings, and material assistance, which no man could have dreamed would have come his way. Whatever you can do or dream, you can begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Begin it now. So it's really about taking that leap and making that conscious decision and always keeping in mind that this is what I'm going to do. And, and that's a huge step to make. And, mm-hmm. it, and it seems so easy. Like, yeah, let's just make that decision. But it's not, but I love that. I love that quote a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's about commitment. What is your business book that you would suggest to our audience that they're going to read more than the first 20 pages? Because <laughs> <laughs> we all have a, a stack of books. Yeah. I, well, I have to go back to one of the real, um, you know, basics to me, it's a basic, but yep. I give it to all of my clients and that is think and grow rich. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's not something that is, you know, really strategic, but I think before you can get into the strategy of, of a business and a business model, you have to have a certain mindset and a certain belief about how the world actually works and how, 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 how success is actually born and, and, and you know, who you have to become and how you have to believe in things. Um, and this book introduced me to this idea of how thoughts become things and how my mind literally drives everything for the first time. When I read this book, I had major breakthroughs in my mindset and how I looked at my life and my business and everything. And um, everything changed. So if you haven't read, you know, read Think and Grow Rich, that's a book that I would recommend all day, every day. Yeah, and I, you know, it's an old book. You know, it was written back in 1937, I think. Mm-hmm. And it still rings true today. And and I was one of those naysayers that are going, you know what, you can't just think something and it's going to happen. Now it's not as easy as that. But over and over again, in different sales training courses that we've had and different business courses that we have listening to podcasts, they all go back to this book, or at least the idea of, I don't even want to call it picturing, but visioning and, and thinking in a way even if you're the small little single entrepreneur business, thinking in a way that's much bigger than that as you start to grow. And it really makes a difference. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and there, I think there's a faulty, there's a myth out there that you can just sit and manifest and pray and hope and things will come, right? Um, it doesn't yeah. work that way. <laughs> Damn. I, oh, there goes my business. Yeah, thanks a lot. This podcast was going wonderful. Until, <laughs> yeah. We actually have to do something. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. <laughs> You do, but it does help and, and you know, mindset and envisioning and, and, you know, even meditation for 10 minutes in the morning, just to focus, focus what you're going to do for that day makes a huge difference. Yeah. It's just feeling happy, Brian. That's how I feel about it. When I yeah. feel grateful and I meditate and yeah. I know that I am supported by God or the universe or a bigger being out there, I know I can relax. Sure. Which which then helps me be more creative. It helps me create better content, have greater ideas, be more gutsy, be more committed, be a better person. Everything becomes easier for me. And what I do is much more effective. Yeah. And that confidence really gets shaken. And, and I think when it does and you're stressed and you're not as confident, then I think everything else falls as well. Um, mm -hmm. And it's really a mindset. So I love that. That's, that's great. Thank you for bringing that up. So if you could have dinner with any business owner, who would it be and why? I picked two. Can I have two? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I had to pick Tony Robbins. I actually have never met him in person. I've followed him for a long time. But what inspires me about him is that he's a self-made success story. Yeah. And, you know, in his last documentary that he, he filmed, he said, I created this. And then he use the bad word. <laughs> but you know what he's what he's saying is like, I came from nothing and I created myself. And that to me is powerful. Yeah, you know, and the thing about Tony Robbins, that is interesting to me, is how long he's been around. Because, mm -hmm. you know, it, it used to be that Tony Robbins, you would get the cassette tapes. And I don't know how old you are, if you know what cassette tapes are. Okay, <laughs> I don't want to date, don't date you. But, but you know, then he, then it, then it was that transition period from now to where he is today. And, and I think, you know, if you really look about how, look at how long he's been around doing what he's doing, it's fascinating. Yeah. And look at his following. Sure. He's still, he's hot. People yeah. are, yeah, you still know, today. Him. Still today. Yeah. So I think he's just a very sort of powerful um, example of what we can, how we can create ourselves and what we can do to, you know, become confident and, and really against all odds too. Um, and the other one is Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, that would be cool. He, you know, what inspires me in, in him is, is the massive amount of innovation and the guts he has. Like he goes out and he buys Instagram. He goes out and he buys WhatsApp, constantly creating new things that like when YouTube, you know, started to rise and Periscope was out there, he's like, well, let's do Facebook live. He, he, you know, he's this young guy. He, he just had so much commitment and I, and it's just guts yeah, to me he's super gutsy he's super smart he's innovative he knows what people want out there and um i'm just blown away by what he's doing yeah and it's interesting too because he could have stopped a long time ago and still been just fine um, oh, and facebook yeah. would still be yeah and and it's interesting to see where he'll go next i know his next thing is vr and 360 and all sorts of, you know, beyond that. And I think sometimes we look at Facebook and it's just Facebook, but there's so much other things behind it that we're not even aware of. Yeah. Yeah. He not just smart. Facebook. I mean, it's pretty big, I guess. Yep. <laughs> so give me an app or some technology or software that you guys could not live without. 
Um, this one is pretty boring. I was thinking about that, and I, I would have to say it's my Facebook Messenger. Really? Yeah, because this it's a central piece of my team communication. True. Because we're all, you know, I don't, I'm the only one here in Buffalo. They're all over the world, literally, if people in the UK. And the way we communicate real time is through Facebook Messenger. Mm-hmm. So that keeps my team all on the same page at any time during the day. And then my calendar. It's, a, <laughs> yeah. it's an awful calendar. Without my calendar, I could not live my life. Everything's in my calendar, you know, kids' appointments, my appointments. Sure. Um, sometimes I have reminders of that to charge clients. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's like our Google calendar. We just really yeah. started using Google, Google calendar religiously about two and a half years ago and everything's on there. Everything. Mm-hmm. I don't even have to worry. I just get up in the morning and go, okay, what's today or the night before. So it's, it's wonderful. Exactly. All right. So last two questions here. I, I'm listening to this. Some female entrepreneurs listening to this going, boy, I don't know. I don't know if this is for me. I think I have some ideas. Um, or you have the seasoned vet going, you know what? I, I'm a great coach, but I think I could be better. How do we get started? What What should we do next? Contact me. <laughs> right, right. How do we best do that? Do we, do we fill out a form on the website? Do we just email you? How should somebody say, look, I need to talk to this Carolyn and I need to see if this program's for me. What's the best first step for them to do? Yeah, absolutely. So um, go to my website. It's carolinsoldo.com, C-A-R-O-L-I-N-S-O-L-D-O.com. And um, there's a link to book a free call. We do lots of free consultations where we talk about, you know, either someone's aspirations and ideas and skills and how to monetize those. Or we look at someone's existing business and we say, well, here are some gaps. So when I talk to clients, I sort of, I look for the gaps what's missing, what's not working, and how can we improve that. And if it's a match, then then great. And if not, then at least they have a plan and, and how to move forward. Cool. We'll have all that in the show notes too. And definitely check out her Facebook, her Instagram, and also on Pinterest too. There's lots of resources out there. You can really tell who she is and what she's about simply by going to her website and or checking her out on her Facebook business page. Carolyn, was there anything that you I didn't ask that you wish I would have asked, or any questions that that I left out that you would like to talk about? No, I think this is great. You know, one thing you talked about in in the beginning was the legacy a little bit, and yeah. um, that was my next question: is what what do you think, and what do you hope that your legacy will be? Yeah, when when I hear legacy, I think about my voice. Sure. And um, I also think about the women in the world, but more so. My little boys, because there's there's seven and nine, and I can still, you know, have a big impact on how they're seeing the world and what's possible for them. And I want them to look at me and see Mama's taking some risks. It's not always easy. Mama's working hard, but you know, she does things that are crazy, scary, but she succeeds at them. And not always, but she has fun and she just goes for it. And we're independent, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? There's no boss. Mama's the boss. Daddy's the boss. And if they want to have a job, fine, you know, get a college education. I still believe in that. But then I don't want them to feel held back. I want them to feel limitless and I want them to feel free. And if they have ideas, I want them to go for it. So that's what I want to instill in them. And I think if I can achieve that, that is, you know, the biggest legacy I could ever hope for. Yeah. Leaving behind, uh, following in your footsteps in a way, but at least allowing them to know that, Hey, whatever you decide to do, it's possible. Yeah. 
I love it. Carolyn, this has been awesome. I'm so glad I got to talk to you today. I was really looking forward to this and um, it was just a great conversation and I hope we stay in touch. And again, visit Carolyn Soldo at carolynsoldo.com. We'll have it in the show notes and ignite your passion. Carolyn, thank you so much for joining us on The Business Machine. Oh, thank you so much. It was a joy. Okay, good. All right, guys. Again, that was a great one. And make sure that you listen to that again and check out our website. She's just outstanding. Again, we'll have it all in the show notes. And remember to join us again on The Business Machine. We're so glad that you came. And remember, everybody, a great leader makes everyone around him or her better than they are. Thanks, guys. And we'll see you on the next one.